Off the ball. You two lads are from Leinster, so it's no wonder you're given out of the provincial championship. I don't want to take away the provinces. Who drew the geographical line back in the day? It's because of the way that the provinces are broken up. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Delighted to have Vinnie Perth on the line with us this morning. Morning, Vinnie. How are things? Good morning. Great to hear Johnny writing off another team there. The poor duds being written off. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Vinnie? <laughs> the form, truth the form. The, the, I think the Dubs will win the All Ireland. There you go. Oof. I think Oof. people are over analysing them. Just leave them alone and they go and win it. Let them let them do it. We will. We, we should stay on Mayo while we're on Mayo, Vinny as well, because we had the, the news this week as well. The founding of um, yeah. Mayo FC, massive day for for, for soccer in County Mayo. This so this uh, officially launched in the Bravey House Hotel on Monday in the presence of uh, local politicians, FEI officials as well. Uh, so the club are going to enter under fifteen, under fifteen boys teams at the League of Ireland in twenty twenty four, and another seventeen girls team as well. Then you'll have under 17, under 19 males teams at the earliest opportunity, we're told as well. No date yet set for Mayo FC uh, entering adult men's team into the League of Ireland. But uh, positive steps for, for soccer in Mayo, Vinny? Oh, it's huge. I think, um, I think we, the more of this we see, um, people will say is Kerry a success because of the results. But that's nonsense. It's going to take them a while to build a club. And I think it's brilliant to see football in Kerry. And if you add Mayo to that over the next few years, I think that's what we need. To continue to develop our league, I think the league has made huge strides on and off the pitch over the last number of years. And the more we can bring that to different communities and uh, different counties, and when you look at the success of the GAA, to be fair, so much of it is county driven. And um, the more we can have of that, I think the better. So um, no, it's just brilliant news. And on a, on a serious note, Nathan Murphy seems to go to uh, Tallis Stadium lost to support Sean McRover. So I'm sure he'll be. Um, He'll, he'll have a decision to make over the next couple of years which is great to see he's right there and he had a decision to make to avoid me forevermore after that tweet about Galway on Sunday that went down like a lead balloon what was Galway. Tweet, sorry. it's basically like four games that would not happen in the quarterfinals Galway versus Galway versus Galway versus oh. Galway versus um, yeah it didn't go down well Nathan um, you'll, don't, don't turn up in Galway anytime soon basically oh. it's good though Johnny isn't it for, for a couple of minutes oh, I mean, you, you've said this before even Tipperary or Monaghan areas that need yeah, something like this and to like, as well Nathan's dad Michal like Nathan Nathan obviously like the, the thing Vinny's saying is true like Nathan finds it weird where his kids are wearing Sean Rovers jerseys like Nathan's dad Michal was like a true Mayo like um, football man and Mayo has serious serious uh, football players coming through as well and um I did a piece on Sunday in the Business Post just about like Shamrock Rovers underage Marie Crow is telling me this about her own son that they're very very happy for kids to play other sports as well and I hope that'll be the case in Mayo that the football and like the Gaelic football entities in Mayo will let kids play soccer as well like Andy Moran did when he was younger and let the kids see what he or she wants to do um, because we're a football we're a sports mad country and I hope in Mayo like Mayo has serious serious soccer players coming through uh, down the years and um, I'm absolutely delighted for this happen uh, we yeah, just, just, to, one just a quick one on that Shane sorry just to say wouldn't it be great to see another push for Monaghan to return big time, to the league big and, time and, and Monaghan was it was never uh, I wouldn't say it was never serious but I think the terms and conditions now are slightly different for his football and I think if Monaghan made a comeback I think it would be so much more welcome in the community and, and Monaghan think, really uh, has a history and it has a ground like it's not even starting from scratch yeah, absolutely, and I think the more this we get, um, the, the the league will continue to grow. And I think um, 
I hope there's certain moves or whatever happening around Monaghan and, and I'd love to see that return in it. Yeah, well. I know the appetite is there certainly in the town and the county to have a, a team return so hopefully that can that can happen in other regions as you say across Ireland as well it can only help the development of young players we need promotion relegation to have Division 1 like yeah. to make that that would make it really really interesting and even if you're bringing in B teams into a third tier and maybe university teams if you can add in then the likes of Mayo and, and two or three others I think in fairness to the FAI like this is a great ambition to have that third tier yeah definitely a step in the right direction with Mayo FC being announced this week uh, Vinny you were in Tallis Stadium last night Mark Rovers won Derry City nailed the other game of course was the one all draw between Dundalk and St Pat's so Rovers extended their lead at the top of the table to 7 points now ahead of both Derry and Pat's Derry uh, marginally ahead of Pat's just on goal difference Dundalk 3 adrift of, of Derry and Pat's on 36 points and 10 off uh, Shamrock Rovers is the league all but over at this stage? Um, oh look it certainly feels that way I mean I, I've said so many times I think Rovers will win the league by plus 10 points and mm. Um, that you may you may begin to start stretch that out. I, I think we don't really have a serious title contender. I know people felt there we are. I just felt it was it was too early in the process. And and you must say uh, in defence of Derry, when uh, I was sitting in the stand last night and I seen uh, sitting close to me was Patrick McElhenney, Michael Duffy, Will Patching, and Colin Whelan has been out for the whole season effectively. So. Almost no team by Rovers could survive without that. And if, if Derry were going to have a title push, they needed those three or four players, uh, to be part of it. So you would, you would say, um, the title race is, is heading one way as it seems now, but it's going to be a long way back for others. There was a spell last night where Pats were beating Dundalk and, you know, they were the ones most likely to push them, which seems a bit strange. So. Um, it leaves a couple of questions in terms of how easy Rovers are to win this league because they have they have had ten games where they've drawn seven and and lost three, which is which is um, which has allowed them a little bit of leeway that you wouldn't like. I think Shamrock Rovers will be a better team if somebody pushes them, and that's my concern at the moment. Can I ask you on this, Vinny, in terms of Europe? I was just w- watching the first 15 minutes last night, how open rovers were in midfield, really. They were really under the cosh without Gary O'Neill. Do you see Do you see them being a better team in 2023 in Europe than they were in 2022? Um, I, I think that's to be... I, I mean, I, I made the point a couple of weeks ago, and, and not everyone agrees with it, that I think rovers need to be a little bit more clinical at times. Okay, so what I mean by that is they've scored more goals than everyone else. So yes, they're the best team. There's no doubt in that. But but what they've got to do is put teams away. And and you go back to last night's game. They it took them a while to get into. I think you've got to give Rory Higgins huge credit. I thought um, um, that first 25 minutes there were exceptional, and they put Rovers under a lot of pressure. And they were asking questions of of the staff of and and to be fair to. Uh, Stephen Bradley and his staff, they made a slight tactical change with Sean Hoare and Sean Kavanagh, which tightened up um, the trouble Ryan Graydon was causing them, and, and then they took over the game. But the answer to your question is, we're going to see, like, they, they probably had the toughest draw in Europe in many ways, um, of all the teams, um, which is a bit ironic, but um, we're, we've, we've yet to see, and, and when I say more clinical, just to, just to highlight that point, they... When they were tuning up against Bolger the night on Friday night, they had three or four chances to go and just finish that game and get rid of them. And they didn't. And they, like, even last night's game, 
there was very few clear-cut chances from both teams. And that, in Europe, you'll only get one or two chances, maybe three, and you've got to be clinical. And um, that's my only concern about them heading into Europe. But uh, that experience of last year would certainly help them. And once they get through those, that fourth round, I think I think there's another group stages in that team this year. You're speaking about Europe, Vinny. There was some interesting comments from Rory Higgins after the match last night where he's talking about the... Well, he's essentially calling for the league season to be extended. So he says teams competing in Europe are being punished by the by the summer schedule. He, he says the campaign could, could maybe be extended by a week or two or you could do it do away with the mid-season break. Does he have a point here? Um, yeah, I think now that everyone is full-time, I think the season should be extended. Um you know, I, I was calling for that back in 2019. I remember playing, I think it was 18 games in 56 games, 56 days. Um, it, it is really, really difficult. But, you know, that's the price, um, that's the price you pay for a lot of rewards in your winning and winning two, three games can be worth in uh, close to a million pounds for a club. So there's yin and yang in that. There's no doubt the league should be, ex- should be extended now that the, all the teams are full time. Um, whatever about the mid-season break what was good about this mid-season break is um, there was a real focus on the Irish international team so therefore uh, we would have got lost a little bit so I, I, I'm not against the mid-season break a lot of clubs do it and different things around the international windows but certainly extending the season um, Derry looked short last night in terms of the squad I mentioned the three players and also that travel Friday, Monday can be really difficult for, for some of the regional teams. But they're full-time. Probably no real excuse. Build a bigger squad, he would say. All of them things. But um, there's no doubt he, he has a point uh, made. But it is what it is. And it has been that for the last seven, eight, ten years. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's, you've got to deal with it. It's a funny one, Vinny, on coaching, isn't it? Like, in, like whatever Rory Higgins has had to go through personally with, which, you know, really goes well beyond the words that I can muster up here. You mentioned those players. Like, Rory Higgins goes into this season thinking, right, this is my best team. And if A, if a is injured, if you have those four players you're talking about and, like, Conley at full tilt, they probably should be challenging Shamrock Rovers. It just hasn't happened because they're not fit. Yeah, there's also, there's also some inconsistency with Derry when they've had close to full fitness as well so um, and, and that's because they're developing as a squad and, and time is coming so you look at Patrick and Michael uh, Duffy for example Patrick McElhenney there's probably eight league titles between the two of them sitting there on, on your stands and bench and when, when games are tough you need to turn to those players to turn, Colin Wheeler is nearly a bigger one Vinny is he? Um, yeah I think I think they lack um, and it's not to be critical of McGonagall or, or a keen cabinet there was a couple of times last night where the ball flashes across the middle of the box and I think if you have a centre-forward of note, um, he makes, certainly makes a better run to create something from him. It looked like, I think for all the possession last night, and he had a lot of it, and and so to come away from Derry for a second, is that there's a lot of possession and passing for pass sake. I've mentioned this before, and I, 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 you you obviously watch the league really closely, Johnny, and probably don't agree with me, which is which is fine, but... We, sometimes you've got to have a bit of cutting edge in the final third and you know it, it, it's wrong to take last night's game in isolation but but neither keeper made a real save of note in Vinny, the game Vinny, I had my match report written at 70 minutes like I was like Derry have not a hope in hell of scoring here like they were literally creating nothing 
yeah, and, and I think I think that's um, where you look at a team like Sligo Rovers struggling. Um, I haven't seen the stats in the last couple of weeks, and I, I mentioned stats, and I'm not really a stats man, but they they probably outside of Rovers, I think they've made more passes than anyone else in the league, and. I'm sure if you ask the Sligo Rovers fans, stop making a few passes around the back and get it into the box. And while that sounds old-fashioned, and I'd like to think I'm not, I think we've got to come up with a hybrid. And last night was a pretty stale game, and maybe that's more to the point of Rory's Friday Monday, where you can't be too fresh. Rovers looked a little bit tired and uh, leggy in the first 25 minutes, and the goal went their way. So um, we, we've got to see. Like, look, you think of someone like Pahoban. He's a bit of a throwback um, to the to the old style sort of centre forward, but we're probably lacking that. And Derry, I'm most certainly lacking someone like that to put the chances away. Pico Lopez picking up man of the match as well. Uh, solid performance from He's him last night. Outstanding, outstanding. Yeah. Good to see. And um, from an Irish perspective, sorry, can I just pick? I, I was a bit. Pico Lopez has probably been the best centre half in the last couple of years, and not Conley. But it's funny. It's funny how you know. We all have different opinions. Last night, I just thought he was a little bit off for his his highest standards, which is strange. But there you go. Is this the one I wanted for Gonigal or? Well, yeah, there was a couple of instances he kicked the ball out of play for a corner as well. He did? And it just didn't look settled as much as as I've seen him before. And there was a little bit of that in the Bulls game. But as I said, I think Pigo Lopez has been a standing centre half for the last number of years and he's a real organiser but it's he, funny how he, people he, have different views again. yeah I, I just thought he was I think Rose, but he's fresh from playing Morocco in front of 50,000 people yeah. and all the Moroccan and, and like he, I thought he Vinny is right now he did like he kicked the ball inexplicably out of play but I just think Rovers look so much better when he's there um, there we go yeah, yeah. solid uh, from an Irish perspective Vinny Nathan Collins and Darrow Shea look likely for, for Premier League action next season so uh, Brentford of course for, for Nathan Collins we're waiting to see that uh, is likely to be a record Irish transfer fee if and when it is uh, concluded and uh, Darrow Shea joining Burnley and uh, of course under the tutelage of, of Vincent Company who was a decent defender himself back in the day so uh, two good moves Yeah you would say on paper they're good moves um, my big concern about looking at the sort of the Irish squad coming out the last window is our next game in September the, the challenge we have is and it's, it's part of Stephen's problem is where do these guys go? Like Nathan Collins, we thought on paper was it was a perfect move from the Wolves last year, and um, for whatever reason, change of manager it didn't work out for him. So we we have got a lot of players in that window of so to, you look at Troy Parrott, what's his next move? Where what do Spurs do with him? Jason Knight is still at Derby, and and we we look in sort of green tinted glasses and we go, Jason Knight's a great player and he should be in this level and that was. Nobody's really come in from him. You would imagine if there was good money on the table, Derby wouldn't turn it down from. So we've got so many players that um, are at crossroads continuously in, in their careers, and it's a big, big sort of summer for a lot of Irish players. You look at Josh Cullen, and people will say, "What a move! He's now a Premiership player. Burnley's worked out for him." But how is that going to go from? So, um, do, do Burnley struggle in the first couple of weeks and do you take him out and go for someone more physical? So there's a lot of these moving parts and, um, a lot of our Irish players are, are in a, in a sort of crossroads of where the next move is. So it's really interesting watching. I think, um, we can only cross our fingers and hope that those moves go through and they like to try Paris and Obafemi end up playing games of football and give the manager sort of headaches of with four team players yeah absolutely uh, Vinny great stuff as always thanks a million for hopping on this morning 
Cheers, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.